Welcome back to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm Tim Muma, and this is Job Search Guide, a podcast designed to give you some strategies and advice to help you stand out and possibly land a new job. Now, this episode is more of a what not to do. Whether you're currently looking for a position or just creating some sort of online presence, you might actually be hurting your reputation by describing yourself in some unattractive ways. Now, Jeff Hayden is the owner of Blackbird Media, and he draws off his experiences as a manager, as well as the insight he gets from ghostwriting for a lot of business leaders, and he'll give us his thoughts on some of these buzzwords that we hear all the time. Jeff, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, glad to be back on again, Tim. I definitely appreciate it. Love your perspectives on things. So before we jump into the the content itself, if you could fill listeners in a little bit more on your professional experience. Uh, I worked in manufacturing for about 20 years. I did everything from entry level, and I do mean entry level, um, (laughs) to running a plant. And at least for your purposes, along the way, I interviewed thousands of people. And I know that because we had to keep logs for EEOC purposes. And I hired hundreds of them. So I've seen a lot of resumes. I've hated a lot of resumes. I've seen a lot of cover letters. (laughs) I have been there and done that and done it incorrectly a number of times. Well, that's the only way we learn, right? Doing it incorrectly first. And and we'll get into the specifics of some of the ideas we're talking about. And um, again, the, the thought of describing yourself and some of these buzzwords. But for yourself, just in general, what's typically the issue you have with the way people describe themselves, either as we talked about, either online or maybe in a resume or cover letter? The biggest issue that I have is that there's there's way too much fluff and hyperbole and and there's almost this third person way of describing yourself hmm. that I think is off-putting and kind of sets people back. Let's let's pretend something. Say you meet me in person <laughs> sure. and I'm an architect. If you say, "Hey, what do you do?" Pretend that I say to you, I'm a passionate, innovative, dynamic provider of architectural services who uses a collaborative approach to create and deliver outstanding customer experiences. Now, clearly that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and you would look at me like I was crazy. But look at people's profiles like on their social media accounts or in how they describe themselves in writing or on their websites. You see that all the time. So why would you go to that fluffy world in writing when all it does is make you seem kind of strange. And plus, I guarantee you, you don't remember anything that I just said. I, yeah, I'll completely... So why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I just say, right. hey, I design buildings. <laughs> you know, I'm an architect. And start from that. I blanked out after your first like three descriptive yeah, words there, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you would. That's okay. <laughs> but why do you think it is then that people continue to, to do this and use these buzzwords and, and try to really, I guess, puff themselves up more than really they might need to? Probably, if nothing else, it's more fear or insecurity. Okay. You know, you're putting yourself out there and it, it sits there for all to see and you don't know who's going to see it and you can't control their reaction to it. And so the tendency is to say, wow, I've really got to impress. I've really got to kind of show. And then you look around at what other people do and you see it, you know, go to LinkedIn and just check out profiles and you'll see that kind of stuff all the time. Right. So then it's easy to start thinking, well, shoot, if that's what everybody else is doing, if I'm just kind of simple and to the point, then I don't really stand out and I'm not going to look like a good candidate, say. So I, I think it's for that reason. It's, it's probably fear and insecurity, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Here's a, a kind of a cool example. Like take Malcolm Gladwell. Everybody knows who he is. His Twitter bio used to say, staff writer for New Yorker magazine. I've also written some books. Now, that's, that's a pretty humble description of, of who he is. Right. Then he changed it later on to curious journalist, which is a little esoteric, but <laughs> kind of different. Now it says skinny Canadian. So the cool thing about that to me is, well, one, you do know who Malcolm Gladwell is. So he doesn't need to describe himself thoroughly. Mm-hmm. But also it kind of makes you think, 
you know, well, he's a kind of humble guy. And it almost, in your mind, increases, like, his credibility because he's not out there putting himself, you know, puffing himself up. Sure. Now, you might say, if, if you're me, you might say, well, I'm not Malcolm Gladwell, so I can't pull that off. Well, but you kind of can because everybody has done some things that they are proud of or that they've done well. So just stick with that, but in a humble way. And then people will look at you and, and probably add to, in their mind, whatever it is you have accomplished. That's just an example. No, I think it's a good one. And just in you saying that, it, it, in my mind, you think, oh, I, I want to learn more now because there was that simplicity to it, not giving it right. all away, so to speak, right off the bat. <laughs> right. Or making it sound better than it is. Right. True. Which I do think a lot of times does happen with these buzzwords. And that, what I want to do with this was sort of, I like to pretend, uh, you know, I, I know a lot about psychology. So I was thinking of this, the idea <laughs> of word association, because we're dealing with these terms. And my thought was I would give you, you know, one of these buzzwords, and then you would just respond with a, a one or two word uh, word association. But then, of course, because it is a radio show, uh, elaborate a little bit why that doesn't work for you and how you think someone could say it better. So does that make sense? You're to not you? you're not going to like come up with a like an analysis or anything. No, no, I'm not to that point yet. Okay. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm, I may listen to it down the road and then you know because I, I can give you the short answer. I'm kind of a jerk. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, let's well, just go with that. For all those listeners out there, be prepared. Uh, no, but we like honesty. We like honesty, and sometimes that comes across as as being a jerk. So the first one, and I, again, these are ones most people should have heard or used before, and uh, the term passionate. Ooh, uh, soap opera. Mm. <laughs> I know that sounds strange. I've, I've seen the phrase passionate about supply chain management in somebody's Twitter bio. <laughs> and my, my first thought was, really? You know, <laughs> you might be into that and you might think it's fun, but Passionate kind of implies that, like, late at night you're at home trying to just in time the stuff in your kitchen cabinets. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> passionate has always bugged me. So here's my take on the word passionate. And I know a lot of people like to use it. Mm -hmm. If you truly are passionate about something, you will have turned that passion into a number of achievements. So you can list those instead of saying, hey, I'm passionate. And if you haven't achieved a lot in something that you would claim you're passionate about, then you're not really passionate about it. You just kind of like it, sure. if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. That one, that one bugs me, and I, I know a lot of people do like it because they do truly feel they're passionate about something. But I would prefer you show me that, and then I'll say, wow, he's really into that. And I'll draw that conclusion myself. All right. Uh, the second word that, again, often used is motivated. <laughs> uh, Chris Rock. I know that sounds strange. Uh, <laughs> Chris Rock has this routine where he talks about people who say, I take care of my kids, and he responds, you're supposed to. Right. Why would you yeah. take credit for something you're supposed <laughs> to be? Well, shouldn't everybody be motivated? I know it's a boss's job to help motivate employees, but it is not a boss's job to start at ground level to motivate you. So saying that you're motivated is another one of those things that you're better off showing mm. that you're motivated. So if you want to show you're a motivated person, talk about multiple projects you completed in a really kind of a surprising period of time. Or maybe you talk about how you've advanced in your career while you were getting a degree or a master's or something like that. Prove to me that you're a self-motivated person by showing how you get more done than other people do. Then I know that you're motivated and you don't have to say it and I'll assign that to you. And kind of like the passionate thing, motivation without, without results isn't motivation. It's just wistful thinking. And that's a, a nice segue into the next one, which always I sort of chuckle at when I see. And the term is results-oriented. Ooh, I don't have a good word. How about obvious? <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I don't I know think any that jobs. works. I think that fits. Yeah, I, I don't know any jobs where you get paid to just sit around and think. 
And if there is one of those, then I want to know about it. (laughs) You know, every job title, if you boil it down, is it can be boiled down to a person who gets things done, whatever that stuff is you're supposed to get done. Mm -hmm. So if you're a results-oriented person, okay, prove you get those (laughs) results by, you know, share some numbers, show percentage increases, show how you cut costs. You know, if you say, hey, I reduced waste by 22% in three months, or if you say, hey, I cut costs by 9% without any additional investment, well, then I know you get results. You've mm-hmm. proven that to me. Do it that way. Again, it's the show me, don't tell me. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's a common theme with all these, and hopefully our listeners will uh, you know, heed this advice. This next, it's sort of a, a grouping because they all kind of fit into the same uh, category, really, and it's the uh, expert or authority or guru and of course, pick whatever industry you'd like with those, but expert, authority, guru, what's your thought? Well, I'll start with the expert thing. It reminds me of this Margaret Thatcher quote. She once said, power is like being a lady. If you have to say you are, then you aren't. Uh-huh. Um, so if you have to say you're an expert or authority, you probably aren't. Hmm. You prove you that you are that, and other people can assign you that term. But for me to stand here and say, I'm an expert on hiring, right? that didn't come across very well, did it? You know? Despite the bizarre voice I just used, but it's, it sounds cheesy. Right. Now, if you go with a word like guru, I don't know, go out on Twitter and do a quick search, and you'll be surprised by how many people say they're like a ninja or a sage or <laughs> a, a, an egghead you know, or a guru. It's cool if other people describe you that way, mm-hmm. but describing yourself that way, well, hey – I'm a ninja. <laughs> okay. That's like me saying I'm handsome. So, you know, if you ignore the fact I have a face made for podcasts and kind of work for them with me here, if I paid someone else to say I was handsome, well, that's kind of cool, but I can't say it without sounding really egotistical. So any of those clever descriptive words that people like to use, they're kind of off-putting to me. And if nothing else, they're distracting to other people because what does it really mean? Sure. Yeah. I think automatically, as you kind of mentioned, it comes across as, as arrogant and I don't know, my coaching background, I always try to tell players, uh, you know, don't ever tell someone how good you are. If you're good enough, people will spread the word for you. And I feel like you're kind of sending that same message with all these here. Absolutely. This is an interesting one to me because I had a guest on who fully admitted that, you know, he was not this. And whenever he would apply for jobs and and go into something, this this does not fit his description. But you see it all over the place. And that term is collaborative. (laughs) My word for that would be really (laughs) <laughs> You'll give and receive input. <laughs> I I know that some people are to a greater or lesser extent collaborative, sure. but I don't know very many jobs where you don't have to interact and work with people sometimes. You know, even shoot, even Steve Jobs collaborated with his staff mm-hmm. occasionally. You know, so to me the collaborative word that often shows up in profiles for people that sell services because it's kind of a feel good word. Okay. You know, it's like I'm gonna do this with you, I right. will do it, you know, without you. So if that's you, then, you know, what you're really saying is that we will work together. So if you, you know, if you are trying to sell a service or showing that you will work well with other people, then describe how you do that. Say what you will do, and then that will show me that you are a collaborative person. Or describe things that you've done where you worked with a team or were a member of a small group and how that worked. Then I'll I'll know that I get that you can do what it is that I want you to do. 
And, and the person that, that was talking about that, they said, you know, he, he would fully admit, like, I want to work on myself and, and whatever. It worked out for him, but it would appear, as you said, you're barely going to be in a situation like that. Well, and, and, and my advice for a person like that, if that's the kind of job you're looking right. for, then one, it does you no good to put that on any of your resumes or cover, cover letters oh, or whatever sure. else because you're not looking for that kind of job anyway, and you shouldn't be applying for it. So you would be featuring the fact that you work incredibly well on your own, unsupervised, you know, and that you get results that way. Right. And if you can show that that's what you do and that's what the job requires, cool. Makes sense to me. Another word that, um, again, utilized often and Maybe it's, I don't know if it's on the opposite side of results oriented, but it, it's somewhere in that, that vein, uh, creative being a buzzword. <laughs> Meaningless. <laughs> really? Yeah. The reason I say that, that, it sounds odd, but that's a word that gets used so often sure. that in effect, it's lost its meaning, you know, because if everybody's creative, then kind of no one is creative if you think about it, because mm-hmm. it's no longer a descriptor. There's a lot of words that are like it, like extensive or effective or proven or influential or team player. You see them all the time, and it becomes noise in you know cover letters or resumes or your profiles because it's that word that everybody sees. So if you are creative, then tell me some stuff you did that was creative, and then I'll know that you are creative. But just to, to say that, everybody says that. Sure. Except for me, I'm not particularly creative. Well, at least you can be honest about it, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. the whole key of all this. <laughs> now, the last term is sort of a, uh, it's it's not on its own necessarily, and it has a lot of uh, sister terms with it, I guess. But it's the idea of saying you're incredibly something. It's that-, that Hyperbole. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't understand why – well, I do understand it, but a lot of people will play like the – I don't know how to describe this perfectly, but like the extra modifier game right, where like right. instead of passionate, you're incredibly passionate or you're <laughs> profoundly insightful or you're exceptionally creative. You know, can't you just be insightful? That's that's pretty cool in and of itself. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have to be profoundly so? And, you know, who does, who determined how – what degree of insight that you have? That's another one of those tempting places to go and try to kind of pad your profile or pad your resume and and make you sound even better than you are. But adjectives do not ever describe results. So anytime you're throwing extra adjectives in to describe yourself, what you're really saying is, I don't really have anything concrete to say here. So I'm going to put this stuff in and hope that that kind of works for me. And in my experience, that typically doesn't work. No, that's a fair point as far as those uh, additional words that really have no meaning to them. Are there any other words or phrases that that you, if you saw them, you just ignore them or roll your eyes or just you would toss that resume aside and any ones that stand out that we didn't touch on? Not really. I What I look for when I was quickly scanning cover letters and resumes, I looked for facts and figures and certifications and qualifications, anything like that. Something tangible that you can... I was looking for the concrete stuff. Numbers always drew me because I worked in manufacturing and, you know, manufacturing is all about numbers. And so I was very focused on that. So every job or every industry has certain aspects of it that, you know, everybody focuses on. And that's what you should make sure is highlighted on all your stuff, not the adjectives and the fluff. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that I, did cross my mind, and I'm sure listeners are thinking the same thing, is with the all these automated, uh, automated, you know, systems that are checking resumes to sort of weed out initial candidates. 
well, I need to use these keywords that are used in the job descriptions and these buzzwords. I guess what would your advice be in in that way to at least get past those automatic uh, filters that are out there? Most of the applicant tracking systems that I'm familiar with, the keywords that they're looking for are specific skills or credentials or certifications. They're not buzzwords. They're not necessarily fluffy words. You know, you don't typically see candidate must be an incredibly insightful, consistently collaborative expert (laughs) on some job description. You know, you don't see that. So definitely use specific words from the job description if they apply, because that is, you know, typically whatever's in the job description, you'll know which words they are, but Mm -hmm. they will be part of what then the company uses in their tracking software. Sure. So, but then, you know, past that, you know, results, achievements, company names, maybe that you have worked for that are well respected in your industry. That's the kind of stuff that tracking systems tend to look for. That's gotten much more sophisticated than it was early on. Right. And so the, the more specificity and the more to the point you are, the better. But yeah, look at the job description and, and see the key stuff that they're looking for that's hard not the soft stuff, and make sure that you incorporate that into yours without like stuffing it like you're doing some search engine optimization thing. Because eventually, if you do get past the filter, someone will read it. <laughs> and so it has to be readable. Right, right. No, I think that's great advice as far as even the the tracking systems that they have there. Another side of this, and, and I know um, obviously it's huge, the idea of social media and then an online presence. Uh, I guess what what is your general advice or your take on people who have a presence out there, whether they are job seekers or they're currently employed, just what's out there and how they should utilize. I mean, do you have a a general idea of what works best and what doesn't? Well, I I can definitely tell you what doesn't. That'll work. Um, (laughs) And I know this this is generic advice, but we still kind of live in the world of don't put anything out there you wouldn't want a possible employer to see. Mm -hmm. Um, I know everybody's into the, you know, I'm an individual and I should be able to express myself and all that stuff. (laughs) And that's fine. But you have to understand that some companies might shy away from hiring you. If, if you really want to fly your freak flag, that's okay. <laughs> but some companies aren't going to be interested in you because of that. And you have to accept that. And if that's cool with you, then that's fine. Kind of on a more specific level, you know, the Twitter stuff tends to disappear. So I think you can get away with a little bit more or excuse, get away with a little less professionalism there, okay. I think. Facebook is kind of the same way because most companies realize that, you know, most people are just looking at their old girlfriends or boyfriends anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> but on LinkedIn, I think that's where you really should focus on making sure that everything you present is professional and, and kind of puts you in the best light to someone who may be doing some research on you. And the other reason for that is that I know a lot of recruiters and I know a lot of you know people at companies that do hiring that they go out and actively search LinkedIn for certain qualifications or certifications or skills or stuff like that. And then they'll contact people and say, hey, I see you've done these things. We need somebody like that. Are you interested? Mm. So that's kind of the place to make sure that you really set yourself apart. And the cool thing about LinkedIn, if you format your page correctly, you can have, it can almost be like a newspaper article where, you know, your lead is like the overview of you. You go short, sweet to the point, but then there's room to fill in all kinds of details below. And so the person that just wants to kind of glance can get what they want. And the person Mm -hmm. that wants to go a whole lot deeper can get what they want. Unlike if you try to stuff all of that into a resume and you end up with like five pages, you know, so it, it works a little bit differently there. But, you know, to me, the 
you're always safe if you make sure that whatever you put out there is what you're okay with anybody seeing. Right. No, I, and I think that's a great idea as far as keeping it simple with that overview because all those details are below. And to your point, if somebody's interested, they yep. will find all those all those items. I think it's they will, and uh, and lots of people are searching using you know because the LinkedIn search tools are pretty robust, mm-hmm. and so you know you can find you know I know people that search to see if you've worked at certain companies or there's all kinds of stuff you can use. Sure. Well, Jeff, it's been a pleasure. We're almost out of time here. I wanted to give you sort of the floor to wrap up and any general advice that you would give out there or any, uh, any final thoughts in terms of this idea of, of describing yourself or not describing yourself. And uh, again, you can go wherever you want with this, completely open floor. Uh, it's on you to, to wrap things up here. Well, so that I'm not repetitive, I'll, I'll go in a different direction. Um, a lot of people try to, you know, they apply for like reach jobs, like the job you wish you could get, but you're not sure you're qualified for. That is the worst time to throw in your superlatives and your fluff to overcome your perceived lack of qualifications Hmm. because it doesn't work. So the key in that situation is to not be afraid to be different. Don't look at other people's cover letters or resumes and assume that that's how you should do yours because if you play the game like everybody else is, you're going to get the same results everybody else does and you're not going to win. A cool example, years ago I needed an engineer to tackle a bunch of issues at a manufacturing plant that I was running. I got this cover letter, and all it said was, I've helped design and build two plants. I remember it perfectly. Retrofitted three others and organized more equipment overhauls than I can count. I'd love to help you put your plant back on its feet. That's all it said. He didn't even send me a resume because he didn't have one because he'd been working for the same company for 20 years. (laughs) That seems very odd, but I thought, God, I got to call this guy, hmm. <laughs> you know, because he was exactly what I was looking for. Sure. Will that work all the time? Maybe not. But the goal to get past the gatekeepers or the filters or the pile of resumes and cover letters is to be different and stand out. So take a look at it and say, how can I be a little different here without being stupid? But how can I be a little bit different? How can I take a chance and maybe rise to the top? So, and then one other thing I think that really would help when you're looking for a job, companies are keenly aware that people don't stay in jobs as long as they did years ago. Mm-hmm. They understand that you're probably going to need some amount of training, but if you really focus on what you can do right away, then you can really set yourself apart from the hiring. Say I own a company and I'm going to hire you. When I pay you, that's an investment that I'm making. It's not just salary. It's an investment. And I want a return on my investment. So if you can show me that I'll start getting a return really, really quickly, even if it's just in some aspects, then I'm going to be more disposed towards you because I'm spending money and I want to get a return. So if I know you're going to hit the ground at least partially running, that's a pretty good reason for me to give you a shot. So that in a cover letter would be something that I would really try to feature is I know I can do this and I can do this and I can do it from day one mm-hmm. and while I'm coming up to speed. And I, that, that's a compelling argument, I think, for why someone should hire you. Well, hopefully our listeners have been paying attention and they uh, focus on those items and not the stuff we talked about earlier. Unfortunately, that is going <laughs> to wrap it up for us here on this edition of Job Search Guide on LJN Radio. Of course, we've been speaking with Jeff Hayden. You can find his work over at blackbirdinc.com as well as plenty of insightful articles on inc.com. Jeff, thanks again for bringing us your fresh perspectives today. We definitely appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course, we'd love to hear from you, the listener, as well. So go ahead and send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.